I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I love Jesus. I never heard a bad word about Jesus, except, you know, you grow up and you realize all his friends are whores. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we have Robbie Hoffman on the podcast, a TV writer and comedian. She's been featured on Comedy Central, Vulture's list of comedians you should know, Conan O'Brien's comics to watch list, and she's also a raging lesbian who was born into a Hasidic family in Brooklyn. So, lots to unpack today, and lots of hot takes Robbie gives us, uh, including a story of her mom that will just blow your mind now you may have heard that i did mushrooms this weekend and it's funny in this episode i tell robbie i'm about to do them because we recorded this the day before so here's the epilogue before the episode they were incredible we did what's called the hero dose which is like three and a half grams is what i did which is a pretty significant amount from what i've been told and my friend who guided us through it was absolutely incredible we told him that he should create a business from this because it was so perfect but in a really beautiful way he only wants to do it with friends that he really knows and trusts and let me just tell you why it was so amazing. He asked us our favorite food and our favorite music before we went through this experience. And then while we were tripping, he would like surprise us with the most incredible platter full of our favorite food and then playing music that made us feel so good. But he started the evening with this classical music that apparently was studied and proven to have the best effects when you're under the influence of mushrooms. And so as woo as it sounds, I kept feeling gratitude in a way that was like just not it it didn't there was no shame involved with it it was just zero anxiety and all gratitude and let me tell you something that was the first and probably only time in my life i have felt no anxiety i just sat there and observed and felt and just felt happy there's as you probably know a lot of worry that goes through my mind and just very busy thoughts that don't always serve me it comes from a place of fear and while this was happening i felt proud of myself in a way that sounds kind of cringe when you say it out loud as a sober person recording a podcast but i felt proud of the podcast and the show and grateful that i was able to work on all of the trauma and crazy stupid shit i was told as a kid about being gay to now channel it into this and for you all to be listeners and to come to the shows it's like something that i did not envision for myself but i'm so so happy that it's happened and grateful and the mushrooms literally was a reminder of that so now i'm feeling like i have less of a reason to worry about small things and just consider the big picture 
And if you're curious, the food that he made was included homemade brownies uh, that I could not stop f- obsessing over the texture, and I probably ate an entire tray. And then after we had gone through another wave of tripping, I was on the floor, of course, crying to the waitress cast recording because I put that on my playlist. And I hear the door open. He walks in with Domino's Pizza. To be a person tripping on shrooms, listening to waitress, chowing down on a pepperoni pizza, I've known nothing like it. Now let's get into this episode with Robbie Hoffman. Her answers are iconic for the character actress she would say for what made her gay leads to a very hot take. So excited for you to buckle up and tune in. Make sure you get your tickets to That's a Gay Ass Live show. April 27th It is a week from today. Well, a week from tomorrow. It's Thursday, April 27th at the Virgil. And it's going to be fucking huge. I love you so much. Enjoy this app and lachaya. Robbie Hoffman is on That's A Gay Ass Podcast. I'm not even plugged in. <laughs> Wait, in your life? Not even plugged in. How much better is this? It's better. Not even plugged in. I don't know why that tickles me so much to see. It's the lonely cord. Yeah. Um, uh, Robbie Hoffman, uh, G dash D effing damn it. I'm trying to be respectful of Please. our Jewish heritage by not Please. saying good Shabbos. the G. Good Shabbos to you and yours. Robbie, we have to tell the listeners how we met, which was at Esther Steinberg's, was it a birthday party? I'm going there tonight. Isn't that insane? I haven't been Wait, since then. Insane. And I'm going tonight. It's Hashem. That's insane. Sh- and what you're going Shabbat, tonight right? for Shabbat. So I'm supposed to go tonight, but I'm, I can't go because I have other plans that were invited. But to now that you know I'm coming, you regret <laughs> because I, oh, I, I have to be better company than whoever you're going to see. I, well, always you're better than anyone. But I also had gotten a healthy dose of Jewish guilt from Esther when she told me that you were going to be there along with Lisa Traeger. See, but Lisa Bales. Lisa, <laughs> are you going to out Lisa as a Bale? Oh, I do, I do. And and Lee, if you're if you're listening, Lisa, you know this. You know this. This is not news to you. I'm not telling you about yourself. You know you better than I know you. If I know this about you, what don't I know about you? Percentage-wise, what do you think are the odds Lisa will show up to a Shabbat dinner at Esther's home? I give it 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, I give it 50. A healthy 50-50. Yeah. Um, I do have a bone to pick with you, Robbie. Hit me. You have been on the record as saying that Twins is for kids. Yeah. You say that you cannot be a grown-up as a twin. It's like, what, the Property Brothers? What are you? Seven, yeah. you've said. Yeah. Um, Robbie, I have a twin. Am I, am I supposed to divorce myself from that identity? I don't know. It's a predicament. It's just, it's weird to have, I get, like, it's like having a best friend when you're a grown-up. I'm like, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't disagree with that. Oh, my, this is my best friend. And, and, and by the way, I get in trouble still. I'll be like, oh, this is my, you know best friend and my friend Natalie like I'm your best like it's enough so it's just like this is a good friend you're a good friend it's like having a favorite color as a grown-up it's like (laughs) I like a lot of colors for different reasons now somebody asked my favorite comic my favorite movie I don't like one thing anymore I I, I like multitudes multiple things so the twin thing oh and we're going back to it it's just it's a strange grown-up but it's one of those things that you just like if I was a twin it's easier for me to say than not. 
once I hit 18, I would just say my brother. I know you're right. It's just, I think because I still try no, to. Of course, you have to say twin. I'm always well, I, well, joking. But I know, but I think that I, I think I, you, you, you're actually on something here because I think that for some of us who still say we have my twin brother, which I, well, listeners know I do, I have been wont to say well, that. Well, of course, we're I, le- this is the first thing we know. And, and we should know. Listen, everybody knows I grew up poor. Get over it. I can't stop getting, I can't stop talking. I talk about it more. Uh, my chip only grows. So the twin identity is something I can't understand. It's something I like to poke fun at. And maybe my ch- my twin chip grows too, because the older I get, the more different I realize we are. I think when you're a kid, even with any of your siblings, like, of course, you have, what, nine siblings? I think at a certain point, you're like, yeah, we're siblings, we have X amount in common. But then the older you get, it's probably the more you realize how different you actually are from the people. Are you identical? Very fraternal. Like, yeah, so like then you are so different. different. Okay, but identical twins yeah. will try and tell you they're different, and they're not. They are identically, genetically the same. That is true. So that bothers me when the, nobody tries to tell you how more how different they are than identical twins. And it's like, uh-huh. you're not. So so just lean into that. You're a lot the same. It's fine. You can like the same. I know you're going to order the same meal. It's not. It is weirder for me that you're pitching how different you are. It's just you're not. Interesting. So I love that you really have different standards for fraternal versus identical. Because to prove your point, my bully in high school was an identical twin and his identical twin did not go to my high school, but his identical twin was also an asshole. They are the same. Yeah, they are the same. I mean, that is what it is. They, they, They are the same. They're clones, basically. Which is why I feel this certain closeness with, even though my twin brother and I, there I go, even though my twin brother and I have very different DNA, um, his son, I'm like, well, listen, I I was in the womb with your father. There has to be something university there. Do you disagree? Um, I think, is your twin gay? Very straight. Yeah, nothing doing there. Nothing there. No. So then when you say that the chip on your shoulder about growing up poor has has remained, what about the Hasidic of it all? Do I you, mean, I was uh, a kid, with, you know, when I... Yeah, that all stays too. I'm still pretty Jewish. Yeah. You know, I, I think how you were like, you know, psychologists are onto something. By five years old, this, yeah. whatever was happening to you in those first years of your life, all through childhood, even further than that, it's just it does stay with you. Um, and it is part of you. Yeah, I'm it's funny. I, I thought I wasn't religious. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, because based on how religious I was born, like to me, I'm like, like, not like I'm pagan. I'm like, you know, I worship the devil. Like there's nothing religious. Sure. And a girl I was dating was like, you're the most religious person I've ever met. And that's a girl, like. I have mezuzahs on my door. I love to, I'm doing Shabbos tonight. I do all the holidays. But to me, it's so light. It's like, okay, you're not going to have a, a, a Passover Seder. What are you, an animal? Like, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? How, you're going to sleep at night without a mezuzah on your door. What are you asking? This is a death wish you have? What's going on? So, you know, but all these things. At all. Yeah, I say the Shema at night. Well, what? I can't check in with my God, my God. So, <laughs> it's like, so sue me. So, in the end, a lot has stayed with me, yeah. um, but I, 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 I don't know that 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 is getting stronger. I guess spirituality, like, but not, not really. I just love the traditions. 
Um, and yeah. I'm very God, I'm very fearing in general. So I don't know if it's God. I don't know what it is, but I, but I don't trust the world. It's been pretty hard in many aspects already. And other things have been great. And look, even how I talk about this, I'm like, and I want to sound grateful and I'm appreciative and I love everything going on, but I proceed with caution. Well, it makes sense why Jews are so fucking afraid all the time yeah. because historically what has happened to us has exactly. not been not the best, best interests in mind. I'm also very afraid. I mean, let me give you a specific example. Is I, uh, two friends of mine, we have, are planning on doing mushrooms this weekend. Like, uh, so like, fun. I did it three times. Really? Okay, yeah. so we're doing the hero dose, as they call What's it. Like full, oh, I haven't done that. Okay, I really want to do that. Well, so you've done like a more of a micro moment? Yeah, giggling my ass off. I never laughed more in my life. Did it change anything about the way you see anything or like besides just a giggle fest? I was laughing so much. (laughs) Did it inspire any material? No. Good. I I got, you know what? I got to laugh for once. Nobody thinks about the comedian. We're making you laugh. You make me laugh. This is how I know you're Jewish. I grew up as a conservative Jew. Did you as a Hasidic Jew look down at us? Yeah, well, I was Lubavitch, which is uh, a sect under the Hasidic umbrella. But yeah, we looked down on everyone. We were racist. We were prejudiced. Um, I mean, me less so maybe than the community, just because when you're born into it, you're kind of sick of it. Like I wasn't, Yeah. I didn't really, like everything was kind of a chore that we had to do if we had to do it. As I get older, I like the traditions, but younger, you're like bored at a Seder. You know what I mean? You're bored at right, show. Right. Like you're not. So I kind of wanted to do what other kids were. If they were playing outside or something, I would have liked to do that. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't consider you. And then even when I when we became more secular, I moved to Canada. Even I went to a conservative Jewish school, probably what mm-hmm. you went to. And I was still the most religious kid there. So then it was like, but I, I, I went through periods of both being embarrassed by it, but also like embarrassment examples would be when I go to my conservative friend's house and they don't have separate meat and milk plates. So then I can't, I have to eat on paper plates. So you're, okay, family, so you're still... No, no. Like that's what would happen. Like I'll tell you, my I friend's see. house for dinner. Okay. They don't have separate shit. Give Robbie a paper plate. So I have a paper plate and I'm, I can't eat their food because they don't have right. a separate. So I have you know, mac and cheese and they're having whatever steaks. And a lot of these people were what they were called kosher in the house. Um, but I was kosher. Uh, kosher. <laughs> I think I was kosher in the house. I think I grew up kosher in the house. Yeah. My, it's the funny thing about my family is we still have dairy and meat plates, but my family is not even kosher in the house except for my mom kind of and i think she she's a very classic jewish mother but she's like well you know you all can eat whatever you want but um and then she like shuffles to the meat plates and while we're all eating on whatever we want to yeah. eat so i think i knew a lot of people with separate plates now that you're bringing it up but also they they didn't eat kosher well right. some did have separate plates like that now that i'm thinking about but then they would order food from outside of the house and you know. Yeah, Chinese food yeah. on the on the meat plates are like interesting, and I'm sure people listening who aren't 
like very well-versed in in the jewish world are probably like i'm so sorry meat and dairy plates but yeah we separated when the meal was not meat you had that on the dairy plates and when the meal we did get kosher meat from the kosher deli for the majority of my childhood but for in the house but then yeah once my mom got tired of cooking my dad took over and the rest is unkosherly herstory um so you know what i because i know we can talk about so much for the next 12 years i want to just get straight into the podcast question let's get us in i'm gonna reel us in for robbie hoffman to answer the gay ass podcast question which is whose fault is it that you're gay who do we blame babe well i think you know i started talking about this recently i think you know because Brittany Griner, you know, that whole thing happened. And then you know, yeah. and she was and then I found, you know, her parents are homophobic. And I was reading all mm. about that. And much, you know, my parents are homophobic as well. And and, it, and that is nice. You know, I think they call that representation. It does. You know, it feels good when you see, you know, yourself <laughs> and in other, you know, I think that's media. what they mean. Um, but I realized like, then I started thinking, well, of course, her parents are home. I was like, my parents are homophobic. I think my mother is homophobic. Because I'm gay. So, okay, so that works. That checks out. She's got her Wait, right. is it the chicken or the egg? Like, no, like, 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 like she, like, she's homophobic to me because I'm gay. So it happened to her. She sure, has a right. Sure. But then I sure. realized in general, yeah, your parents are homophobic because you're gay and they made you, which means one of them is fucking gay. Uh. <laughs> I didn't come out of nowhere. So they when, have when to be, yeah, they have to be looking at each other. Like, you know, the Spider-Man <laughs> meme or something. Yeah, exactly. The point. Or that's like, well, then who's driving the bus? Yeah. Wh- you know, which you made the bitch gay. And I do think it's my father. Even though I think my mother is gay. So you think they're both gay? I think my mother is gay, but my father made me gay. Oh, I love the distinction. Why did your dad make your, you gay? Does he love Barbara Streisand? No, he's so homophobic and so masked. And um, he's very butch, yeah. In a way that I I I like. Yeah, I like every. He likes Porsche. I'm like I love Porsche. I'd love to drive. You know, he wants to smoke a cigar. I'll take a puff. I'm down. He not he he did not make you gay. He made you a butch lesbian. Yeah, there's something yeah. to my mother. Is very gentle, docile Canadian. My mother is queer curious, if not asexual. I think she's just more terrified of men than she almost is queer. Like men is for sure not possible anymore for her after my father. But and women she can trust. But I don't know if the like I think the intimacy could be there. But I don't think she's scissoring. You know, I think think she's ever done anything with a woman. So she so okay, And thank God she doesn't know how to work podcasts or anything. But there I am sitting in the kitchen. Sometimes I would do my homework. I would go visit my mother and go, you know, work in her kitchen, university and mm-hmm. stuff. And she came in one evening. She was always like really, you know, scrubbing the floor and doing some. And she's, she put down the mop. She's like, do the women always have to touch? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, I guess not. That's kind of really the point of it. You know, that's really the difference between, you know, friends. And women have more intimate, you know, uh, notwithstanding gay men, but typically straight women have more intimate relationships with other straight women because it's societally allowed. But my mother was like, and I was like, yeah, I would say that that, you know, they are, they're def- they're touching. Mm-hmm. 
to distinction. She was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And then so I was like, okay, I just, I leave it with my mother. She's been through enough trauma. We don't push anything. Sure. So then she, she started talking to this woman, a nurse who was like 60. I, I don't know what big butch nurse drove a motorcycle and had her own condo, which is important for my mother. Cause we, we live in such a dump. You can't imagine but my mother inherited it from my great uncle Eddie when, when we left New York and whatever, my great uncle Eddie died and we ended up just staying in his duplex. And so my mother like inherited this duplex, which is a dilapidated and the worst part, like there's nothing, but she's like, I saw a homeowner. Like since that happened, she goes, <laughs> people will come at you, you know, and it's an asset. It's like definitely a liability. Like there's, <laughs> there, you know, there's no door handles. The window, like, well, as a homeowner. But she's like, you know, she has her own condominium. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> so they were exchanging music for a bit where my mother would bring over certain records and then they would play those records. And then they would, you know, my mother is an avid record collector and Mm -hmm. um, big in literature so they would trade books and stuff and then my mother would take the bus home she's not going to get onto a motorcycle but so my mother would take the the bus home and and that's it they would spend maybe two hours together maybe once a week and then my mother said to me and then a few weeks later she said well you know I, i i don't think i could ever do anything you know i don't think i could ever do anything and I said, well, Ma, you're obviously the bottom. She's going to do everything. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you're the girl. My mother wears like, you know, floral dress. Like, you know, she's very like old, timey Russian lady vibes, you know? So I'm just, and she's not, I mean, she's Russian ancestrally speaking, but she's not, yeah. you know. But I'm like, yeah, Ma, you're, you're clearly the girl in the situation, okay? So you don't have to do anything. She's going to do, okay, you know. I don't think I would make a move. And I'm like, you know, she'll, don't worry. She'll make a move if she wants to make a move. Okay. It's not. So you're like literally coaching your mother on. Yeah. This nurse relationship. Yeah. And then I think they'd been hanging out now five months, minimum once a week, two hours sharing music. The girl tried to kiss my mother. (gasps) My mother left immediately. She's moving too fast. Five months, too fast. Five months, too fast for a little kiss. Okay, so I'm my- telling you, I'm like <laughs> so invested in this story. It's giving the like Hasidic butch nurse version of "Call Me by Your Name." Literally, it's like in- instead of like the countryside of Italy, it's fully the dilapidated condos of Toronto. I just yeah, is that where it is? Toronto? It, well, this is Montreal, but I moved to Toronto. Montreal. Yeah, but my mother, yeah, that was it. And my mother never spoke to her again. She thought she moved much too fast. It was uh, at a long. Oh, that was the end. That was the end. Just too fast. I really hope that this is just the <laughs> middle of the movie and that there's a rekindling. No, I know. But then my mother, unfortunately for my mother, she's very easily swayed. My mother, for some reason, is the nicest lady on the planet, had 10 kids for the cause, like has sinned zero times. But she's very gullible. If you give her a mm-hmm. pamphlet at the end of a escalator in a subway station, she will take it. She will read it. She will get back to you. Like she's wow. she's going to look. And the Jews for Jesus people got her this way. So she's now what she would consider Messianic Jewish. I think she might be out of it already. I think she okay. might be moving out of it because she tends to fall in love with cults and religions rather than people. She loves community and she loves learning. Did she do Nixium? No, but thank God. Was she was she playing volleyball with Keith Neary? No, I don't think she would ever do the sexual thing. She'll do All the right, thing that fast. keeps her from sexual 
Right. She you know? the, the opposite of a sex cult. Yeah. Like, so Jesus, he's not into gay. So, and she's not into men, you know, she's too traumatized by my father. So, so then they're done. So then she's like, oh, good. I have Jesus and he's not too fast. He's never Jesus there. takes his time. Yeah, yeah. Of he's not he's, gonna kiss me after no, five months. No. <laughs> this is I'm obsessed with this theory. Do you think you can say on a record recorded podcast that you think every single gay person, one of their parents, is somewhere on the spectrum of queer? Yes, I can say that. I would say it would be more outlying for the person not to have some queer in them. Wow. God, I love the hot take. Do you um can you explain something that I'm gonna I'm gonna feel vulnerable right now in asking you this because Please. I should I should know more, but I do often see queer women talking about in relationships with fucking being tops and bottoms. I know as a gay man what that means I for love me. This. Can you explain what a top and bottom means for women fucking? Yeah, it's the boy and the girl version in every capacity. Gay men, uh women, it's the boy and the girl. So for girls, dykes who use toys, some just uh-huh. don't use toys. But if you're using dildo strap-ons, I, as the boy, for instance, would be strapping on. I wouldn't be receiving that. Okay. Gotcha. So I would be strapping on, giving. I don't like penetrative sex. I'm happy to say that on here. It does nothing for me. Sure. Um, but I enjoy giving it and pleasing the person that way. Um, but also it could mean with hands and fisting and whatever. But that could go both ways, too. So you're saying that if there's not toys involved, you can still, the top can still yeah, be. Yeah, like you're still like, I'm the boy. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to be like, you know, I'm paying for dinner a lot. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny you to know, me because when like a straight person's like, who's the boy and who's the girl? I feel like gay people get annoyed. But if, uh, within the gay community, within like the relationship, you can still say which one's the boy and which one's the girl. I hate when people are annoyed by that. Yeah. Like, people get annoyed, like, oh, like, which one are you? Or when somebody asks me, like, you know, which one of you is boy? It's me, bitch. You see me <laughs> the paying, boy. You see me putting down the shit, you know. You um, see the American Express, honey? Yeah, I live a very, he- but I also, um, sometimes that doesn't exist. I live a very heteronormative experience. I always joke, uh-huh. like, I'm not even gay. Like, re- really, the only gay thing about me is that I'm gay. But other than that, I'm not even gay. <laughs> not a damn thing. Like, is so I'm like, yeah, gay. I'm like the boy one. And then there's a girl one. So it's like one in one again. We live a very heteronormative experience. Interesting. Do I live a heteronormative life? I kind of think that I have re- rebelled against my heteronormative like upbringing. And I think that I probably have a much I'm probably much gayer than you are. Yeah, like I, I don't do the girl like I just I don't know. Well, you do own a cat, though. Do you feel like that's a little on the nose as a lesbian with a cat? It's very on the nose, but it's also very Jewish on the nose, Hasidic, because the only animals we had was if we had mice, you would get a cat. (laughs) Well, we're petrified of dogs. But, like, literally, I have family members still who, like, we see a dog, we'll cross the street. Really? Yeah. Do you you still feel afraid of dogs now? Yeah, I was bitten by a dog recently because dogs can sense that I'm afraid and they're afraid. People go, well, just don't be afraid. It's an instinct. Yeah. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Well, then, if I may ask you about now that you are like an out and proud star, do your siblings all your your seventh of 10 children? Do your siblings what what is their relationship to you being queer? Pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, I'd love to say we're all super close. And I think I used to say that a lot. Like, yeah, we're all close. But in truth, I'm close to like six of them, which is very a lot <laughs> yeah it is still a lot yeah i feel like we're like the jewish kardashians or something but um <laughs> i did see a picture of you at a wedding of your sister and you all are gorgeous thank you gorgeous thank you thank you thank you yeah my sister so you see that we're uh, especially my sisters i'm very close to but um everybody is really good you know it's funny one of my brothers he calls me he doesn't really love like you know the gay agenda he's like that sure they're really going crazy with this gay agenda. And I'm like, what happened? He got some email at work just mentioning pride. Like, he doesn't have to go. Like, it has nothing to do with him. It's like, oh, upcoming calendar. We're going to have this. Then we have a run for this, you know. And he's like, you know, I just don't care. You know, I don't care for gay people. And, you know, for the gays. And and I have to stop him. I go, you know, you're talking about me. And he goes, well, not you. I go, no, I am. I have to tell you, I'm a gay, I am a gay person living. And he goes, well, not you. I'm talking about you. You're my flesh and blood. Take a bullet for you. What are you talking about? Crazy. Like, but he doesn't, some of them, they just don't connect. Does that make you feel a certain way? Or do you just like accept that? That's... Like when yeah. I've had girlfriends who are like, how do you still talk to that brother? What I'm like, it's my brother. Yeah. Like, even if I wanted to cut off, there's no cutting off in my family. He would still call me and be like, you're not going to go pick up the phone. Well, that's why when you hear in certain like TV shows, if I may reference right now, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, there's a whole thing where siblings are not talking. And I understand that things happen, but I don't know if it's a Jewish thing or what, but I, no matter what happens with my family and stuff has happened, I will never cut them off. I like, and and, and when I say stuff has happened, it's like, of course, there's difficult things with any family, but like, the cutting off is what I 
would, would never envision. Especially- and I wouldn't say that I would never. We have, I have a few siblings that we don't talk at all, but I would more attribute, and they'd have different sorts of them, black sheeping themselves. Yeah. Um, or wanting to separate, especially in the case of one of my brothers. He's just like gone off, moved to a small town, like just wants nothing. I think his whole upbringing is triggering to him. And oh. so for him, it's just like, it's not even no harm, no foul. He's just doing his own thing. Yeah, it's kind um, of almost like a very intense boundary situation. Yeah, like he just doesn't, you know, and it's, you know, so I don't know. I, I can understand when people cut off. I just find it with certain ones of my, it would be hard to do a cutoff. I would not initiate ever a cutoff. So I'm that, like, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, if somebody needed to do whatever, great. I'm all, I'm all down. But, um, you know, I have a brother who's mad at me now, one of my brothers, and he's not talking to me or my other two sisters. It's the whole thing with one of my grandfather's paintings. I won't get into it. You'll see sure. more. But he's like, he's like hurt, but he's like somebody who like will try and ignore. I never ignore. And he'll be like, oh, you know, so when he comes around, I'll come around, but he's always able to come around. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I, if I may like edit my statement, I think that if there is something done to you, that feels warranted that it could lead to a, a cutting off situation. I would be the one to address, address, address. And then of Same. course, I'm like that too. I need to, and it's probably Some people my, don't want to address though. A hundred percent. I think that the, the trauma that I carry that I like, I'm not too mad about is that I was always told to a like detriment to overshare or to right. communication is so key and so yeah. like you will die if you don't communicate your feelings now i've learned how to communicate in a more effective way or what not to say great example is i was doing my first big show as an actor like big big show and Excuse i was name, so name drop name drop name drop name drop i was um doing the pulitzer prize winning elf the musical as buddy the elf and i uh, had an anxiety attack and instead of being the adult that i should have been which was just like go separate myself figure it out take my breaths do my yoga boop 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 i fucking like told anyone who would listen and then it got to the producer and then it was not good for me so like that was me saying to myself if i don't communicate how i'm feeling that i'm doing something wrong and then i learned oh that actually fucked me over a little bit and all this to say, if I go to my siblings or my parents or whatever, and I can communicate, communicate, which I will, and it's still being fucked up, then of course you get to that across that yeah. bridge about the cutting off. Yeah. But I'm lucky that my family is is receptive to when I yeah. call yeah. shit out. Yeah, there's ebb and flows in the family, I would say, but the cutoff is very difficult to do. Um, if there's one, it's it's a self cut off. Somebody moved to the mountain and said, you sure. know what, it's just. But yeah, my brother, especially in, in this particular brother, I'm thinking of his kids, like, yeah, he doesn't care for gay people, but he, he really does not mean me. So I don't know. You know, he, he, he doesn't even, and I'm not gonna. Well, it's like a parent. You can't change, you can't change a parent to a certain, at a certain yeah. point. You probably can't change your brother. So that's it. That's Which it. Which is a hard pill, but that's what it is. Wait, I do want to say that you, you mentioned the brother moving to the mountains. You purchased a country house in the you mountains. better believe now, it. And I want to give you a big muzzle. So you see, my grandfather's Canadian. You see that? That's of the Laurentians in Canada. He always would set up his easel and paint the Canadian wow. landscapes. And so we grew up with this like kind of bougie element of knowing what the country is, which which wow. feels like for a city kid you know, like getting to drive and see nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were bored out of our minds when we would go there. Like, there's nothing <laughs> to do here. Like, you know, and he had a tiny little house, but it was just so beautiful now looking back. 
that yeah. we even got some days in nature that we would, you know, we thought like everything was in the city type of thing. So for me, then I grew up as I got older, I started dreaming. I've always wanted a, an apartment in the city and a country house. Like that's how city kids grew up. I never knew anyone who really had a house. Yeah. Like, you know, that as that, that being affordable, you know, in my you know, certain class or whatever. I knew rich people had houses, but I didn't really know people who like, I thought you, like when I got to start in comedy, what I, I didn't really, so I was like, you know what, I think I always just have a great apartment in the city if I can keep that going. So I kept that going for a while. And I really love my, I have a great apartment now. So I was thinking to buy, thinking to buy, but I'm like, I can't live in squalor. Whatever it is, it's going to have to be perfect. And then in the pandemic, I started taking more trips out to the country, two days here, two days there, a little, you know, renting Airbnbs. And I went down this path of I'm going to buy some land. I'm going to be a landowner. We're going to get a flag and we're going to get we're going to get a piece of land and we're going to have the nation of Robbie Hoffman is what we're going to have. <laughs> and so I went down. To, I, I was trying to buy 14 acres of land, which is more than I can even imagine. But it was like a dollar. You know, relatively speaking. And I was going to put like one of those like kitschy, kitschy Airbnb like Airstreams on. Yes. And I would just like use as a writer's retreat whenever I wanted. But so there I am trying to buy land. And they're like, you can't put an RV on a piece of land. I'm like, what? what? It's not. It's an Airstream. It's beautiful. Like we don't allow RVs unless there's an established house. They basically don't want poor people in any of these places. Oh, my God. Okay. But Be I was the like, rich. there I was at the San Bernardino County. I was like. But it's going to be beautiful. What have I showed you? And he's like, all right. And I pull up what I'm thinking. He's like, it's an RV. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, but then this little house came up. And yeah, and it was just, it reminded me of my grandfather. And just that day, I'm like, I'll take it. And what, it's just, do, it's can you say perfect. what area it is? Or what does the country mean when you're outside of LA? I would say Lake Arrowhead area. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. Yeah. The, that's I, I, you're inspiring me too because we're looking at buying something in this in the next decade if we fucking can and it's so depressing to see stuff you know within la but like why not have a gorgeous apartment yeah and i yeah so i have a good apartment in this but you know you better believe i'm also i have my eyes on you know 20 million dollar mansions in the pacific palisades and all this yes. come a few years so, you know, I plan to own anywhere between five and seven properties. Yeah, she is a Hasidic Jew. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you, <laughs> what, um, when you become filthy rich, yeah. what are you going to be, what are you going to be purchasing a lot of that you c can't now or couldn't years well, ago? Something I do something like, you know, I think people would call it exposure therapy, but it's just, you know, for me, the greatest luxury in my life is getting to do what I love for a living to sustain myself. I think it's still a miracle. I just really feel thankful for it. Um, when I worked a regular job, I have a background in finance and accounting. Shout out my BCom from McGill. I saw that you have a business degree from McGill. That is such yeah. a brag and a twist. But I dreaded like Sunday night, like to wake up come Monday. Like it's, I was always late, you mm -hmm. know? When I'm in writers' rooms working on my own shows, whatever at, at 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 live shows, I'm always early. I'm first. I love to be there. I love to be in the space. My work ethic is just through the. You know, it's just mm -hmm. I love what I do, and that is the biggest luxury of my life. Yes. Um. As a side thing, I dream like a rapper. I think I grew up with a lot of that, like around mm -hmm. me, and so for me. 
I feel like poor, you know, previously poor people, poor kids are allowed to be flashy. We can have the green Lambos and whatever. What are you going to say? You come for money and you're not in a Prius. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yes. It's embarrassing. But for me, they're like, there goes Robbie in a Lambo. Like it totally would work. It's, I, get away I, see with, it. I get away with murder. And that for me is just play and fun. But the biggest luxury is is, you know, doing what I love. Other types of, I have a lot of trauma around money. Um, it's always top of mind. But, you know, one of the things that I started doing when I first started making um, and earning a living was a nice living. I, when I would go grocery shopping, I can buy anything I want. I don't anymore limit. I don't even mm. look at price. I do oh my catch God. myself, but I go, we want raspberries, throw the raspberries in. Like, if it's two things of a, if it's food, I do not give myself a hard time about it um, at all. I just I that is landing it. with me so hard. Yeah, because I, I I have a thing about money for sure, and I'm not joking. This is so weird that you're bringing this up now because I recently had a nice moment where I realized I wasn't tallying up the receipt at the end, dividing it into how much money I was spending per meal, deciding if I did a good enough job saving money, and giving myself punishing myself for not being more yeah efficient with how i was spending money on food and now i still of course try to get things on sale i still bulk at the look of a cereal box that is more than four dollars like i yeah. still am working through it but i at least check out now and feel fine about <laughs> the number that i've spent the money on but it's so frustrating to really yeah it's small things like that that make like and I'll go, I'll buy organic, I'll buy good things. Like, oh, wow, even know. organic. Yeah, because, and that has been like before buying this, you know, uh, which I've been saving for, but it's like that, you know, that was one of my early splurges would be not looking at the food prices. Yeah. Um, And it's still something that is so hard to train. But yeah, I really try, you know, when I catch myself and I go, oh, well, the, this is cheaper than that. But those raspberries do look better. Because I, by the way, I grew up without raspberries, so you could see how, like, I thought yeah, raspberries. raspberries were not kosher. It turns out they're just expensive. So I <laughs> never had raspberries. Wow. And, and the irony for me is that I, you know, do not want this to feel like a comparison, but I do, I'm going to tell you the truth is that I did not grow up poor, but I did grow up with the idea of deep, deep, deep fear and stress around money yeah because your parents probably had some level of poverty exactly it's cyclical it is generally we would sit we would sit in the car before the grocery store for 25 minutes when my mom went through the coupons and Mm -hmm. would um you know she'd cut out you're still jewish yeah still jewish but i i do carry that with me and i'm i'm so i'm so i'm far along on my journey but i have a ways to go and you are my my grocery store inspiration yeah and i fall. listen i fall back and i go oh like i'm a tight you know i'm like "Uh." a day at a time you know but i'm like no you've been able to buy what groceries you've been able to buy for the past and you're going to continue get the fucking razzies yeah oh i get the double Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, Matt's been getting uh, Matt's been doing really great with like eating so healthy and he's been getting so much fruit and it's really decadent. I love fruit. I oh, oh. it's my breakfast every day. Two pieces of toast with some cream cheese and fruit on the side. I love it. Love. What a great what, what type of toast? What type of bread? I have gluten free bread. Mm, yeah, she is from LA. Um, yeah. So I need to ask you the next podcast question, which Please. is Robbie Hoffman. If yeah. the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. 
who would just say? First of all, the world is ending. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me rephrase the question. Robbie Hoffman, the world is ending. Oh. You can only save one character actress and you decide this woman's fate. It has to be a character actress? Just do an actress that is a woman over the age of 38. Oh, well, my favorite woman of all time is Jennifer Aniston. Oh, there you go. Okay. She's, she'll be a character actress for this episode. Yeah. Okay, and listen to me and listen well, okay? I don't know if she knows that she's like a, a lesbian icon. She is. We all love Jennifer Aniston. It's the belts. It's the girl next door. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of lesbians who like her. She is class upon class. When that whole thing went down with Brad and Angelina, and I know this is many years ago, but it's when I was discovering probably early on that I mm-hmm. had a crush on her, not Brad or something, when I was like, you know, 10, or I don't know when this happened even at this point. But he did... He was beyond, first of all, six months after the divorce, which is not a long time for a grown up. He's on the cover of W Magazine with Angelina with all these fake kids. He does the most disgusting. He cheats on her. Fine. You make a mistake, but have some respect, have some decency. This person's heart is breaking. And you wait at least a calendar year. Yeah. You wait a year. He does this. She says nothing. She says nothing. She says nothing. He's parading. He's smoking weed, telling, he's telling, you know, well, she didn't want to have kids, saying all of her personal, whether it's true or not, disgusting to reveal stuff like this. Somebody you love, okay, has, has zero respect for her, even as a person, let alone a woman or anything else. He's parading around. She didn't want kids, this and that. She says nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, she does an interview. They're like, hey, Jennifer, um, it seems like you haven't said anything about, uh, your divorce like six years later that you just like after it happened, you just went to your house in Malibu and didn't talk to anyone. She's like, yeah, you better believe I bought a house in Malibu Mm. and I went to it and Mm. I didn't talk to anyone. Damn. And her acting in the morning show. And I only got four episodes because I, I do give up early on shows, even if they're good. And it's not, it's really personal terrific show. I just, you know what? There's probably a true crime documentary, something that <laughs> my eye. I watch a lot of home improvement YouTube. So it, it's nothing personal, but her acting on the morning show is. You are bringing up a good point that she is a rare, a rare type, which is that she is not only like out of this world, beautiful, yep. but she has stayed true to her seemingly very good values she is wealthy beyond means from friends and from everything and she has remained unproblematic i think amazing i wish her and adam sandler would get together but i know he's happily married with two kids he's a family man and i hear only the best things about him but i do I want her with a funny man. They, she I, does need a funny man. And I think they get along. But yeah, you don't, want to, you, don't, you don't want to break up Adam Sandler's family, do you? No, I don't. Listen, maybe there's a world for all three of them. Maybe eight of them. I don't know how grownups you know, manage their lives, but I do like, you know, I think everybody <laughs> wants to see them together. I, I think we've, we've. It's the same thing with Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. Not that people care as so much about Jimmy Fallon, but I think Nobody. like. <laughs> They they had a when they were in fever pitch. I feel like there was a lot of people creaming their. Well, pants Drew and Adam also had a lot of history together. Oh, that's true. Do you think? Um, do you think Drew Barrymore is in the same realm of unproblematicness as Jennifer Aniston in terms of? No, no. Yeah. I, I think it's a. Do you think it's put on? 
Uh, it's a little, yeah, it's a, I don't know. If you were asked to go on Drew Barrymore's show or Kelly heartbeat. Clarkson's show. Kelly Clarkson, I love Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly. You would choose Kelly. I love I choose Kelly. It's Kelly Clarkson. She comes from nothing. Look at her. <laughs> what are we talking about? First, no, word. no fucking question. Like, there's not a, a moment like this. Some people wait forever for a moment like this. Some people wait a lifetime. Like, it's unbelievable what's happened to her. Unbelievable. Going, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to freaking, we got to go to. All right. Kelly, Team Kelly, you heard it here first, folks. And I hope the producers are listening because I would love to also sing a duet with Kelly. Oh, my God. Does she sing on her show? Does she do a song every episode? Yeah, she does a fucking song every episode. And then, by the way, yes. And Matt was asked if, um, I don't know if this is like too, like, he didn't sign an NDA or anything, but he, they apparently, she will sing a song. There's like a theme of the week. And then they will find a fan in the audience who connected with that music or that song or that musician. And then they have the fan be like, my Uncle Tony would play this song in our trailer growing up and there's something about it that makes me boo 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 and then kelly be like oh you mean this song (laughs) let's go girl it's like whatever it is it's like and then so matt was asked if he had a connection to these two random fucking songs but he did not and so he did what a normal person would do which is not what i would do which is that he was honest and said i don't have a connection but let me know and of course they never reached out again i would have been like wait you're talking about this country song and i would have made up an accent yeah yeah, like oh yeah you know when i'm my grand Paul was milking the cows. I love listening. Let's go to the show together at some point. Please make it happen, Kelly. If you're Kelly, if you're listening, producers, I will. And then and then we'll do a um. We'll bring back what's it called when people do choreography? The like a flash mob. We'll bring back a flash mob, and then and then we'll do and then we'll do the choreo. Moment like this. God, it's so it's. You know, God, this be the greatest love of all. I want to know that you will catch me when I God, who knew that they were going to nail it so hard with that one song from the first Did they write that song? Is that the song? Is it an original song? I think they wrote it for the show, if I'm not mistaken, because when I was in college, I I was singing this thing where the music director was publicly lamenting that he had written a song for American Idol for the winner and they didn't and they chose someone else's song. And it was I think it might have been the year that it was the year of 2008, I believe. And he was upset that they had chosen someone else's song that was like that year's a moment like this. So I'm going to blast that as soon as this is over. Well, before this, we recorded, Matt was playing Kelly Clarkson full blast. So this is all full circle. Wow. The universe did a lot for us today, Robbie Hoffman. I really think it did. What a pod episode. We nailed it. What a pod episode. I can't can't even begin to tell you how great this has been. Um, Well, since we're getting towards the end, I have to ask you a question I did not prep you on, which is, Robbie Hoffman, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Um, I don't know too many. I would say the one with the nuns we watched. Sister Act 2 is your answer. Sister Act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sister Act. That is correct. And as a Jew growing up, I somehow, just like your mother, found solace in Jesus for a few moments. I love Jesus. I never heard a bad word about Jesus, except, you know, you grow up and you realize all his friends are whores. It's like he's in a weird circle. It's like, and she was, you know, like they're all bad. Like, it's like. And that dinner sounded awful. I heard the chicken was dry. Yeah, dry. 
dry, dry, dry. Um, Robbie Hoffman, where can people follow you? On Instagram for some nudes at Robbie Hoffman. Um, I'm not on Twitter so much, but it's at I am Robbie Hoffman. And I'm touring a bunch. I try and post on Instagram. Um, you can see me regularly in Los Angeles and then uh, send me regularly in New York. And then I'm all over. Watch out for me in your city. I just posted some dates today. Hell fucking yeah. Thank you for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast, Robbie. And I will Thank see you, you at the Kelly Clarkson Show. Good Shabbos. Thank you for having me. What a pod indeed. That was Robbie Hoffman's episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast. And thanks so much for listening. If you don't have your tickets yet, I'll put the link in the description for That's a Gay Ass Live show. And you maybe saw a little tease on Instagram that the New York show will be announced soon. It is going to be in the middle of this summer is what I can say now. I will see you next week for That's a Gay Ass Podcast and for That's a Gay Ass Live show. And I hope you have a good one. I love you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.